Good morning and welcome to worship. Our Holy Gospel today is from the fifth chapter of Luke, beginning at verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. But Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners on the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled their boat so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch people. And so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to pray with me as we enter into this time of meditation together this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, granted by that same Holy Spirit, we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's sermon is brought to you by and compliments of the Men's Fellowship Group, who meets here on Tuesday. Pretty much everything that I'm going to talk about today was talked about in our Men's Fellowship Group this past week. So thank you, Men's Fellowship. I think it's kind of interesting, though, um, when I started off our time together last week, I made some introductory comments about some of the themes that I had been thinking about that might be appropriate for this passage that had kind of stuck and struck me as I was preparing for Tuesday morning. And uh, believe it or not, none of those things stuck with our men's group. They, they, they heard something completely and totally different from me. So, wow, is that the gift of the Holy Spirit or what? You know, I'm hearing some things and all the men of the group are hearing something else. Pretty interesting, I thought. Obviously, we have before us today a very familiar story, one that we've heard, one that we've heard read uh, m- multiple times throughout our life. And yet, uh, as Pastor Al oftentimes reminds us, We should try and read and hear a passage as if it's being heard for the very first time and to ask ourselves what is fresh and new for us today. Well, as I had just told you, I have really come to appreciate this men's fellowship group on Tuesday mornings uh, as I have been a part of that group now for the past six years. And I really have seen the personality of that group change. It's taken on a different it's taken on a different personality now than it had 6 years ago. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that we have grown together, we have had these relationships now that we have 
been uh, walking through these passages of Scripture now for uh, the last six years. We've got relationships going on. We trust one another now. And so it it really has changed the dynamic. And I I sense that the group probably is more open and more, I guess for lack of a term, more vulnerable, more personal than I've ever seen this group be since I've been meeting with them now for the past six years. We also uh, had some uh, new people with us this week in our group, Uh, some of those who had returned to be with us for the winter. We also had a person who was a guest of one of our our men this week. He is a retired uh, military guy who is down here visiting uh, one of his friends. One of the men who's attending our group, and I won't identify him, but he's actually sitting in this sitting in this uh, sanctuary this morning. But I'm not going to draw attention to him. I'm just going to let you know that uh, one of the persons that's in our group, he is a commercial fisherman from Alaska. I found it refreshing to hear his perspective and his insights and his reflections upon the reality of fishing day in and day out. He's a, he comes from a commercial fisherman's perspective. And just as Simon, James, and John knew the daily routine, they knew the challenges, and they knew the realities of fishing, our friend and our brother in Christ from Alaska, he also reminded us that even though the methods of fishing have changed and the technology and all the mechanics have improved greatly and the ships are huge and big and massive and you know so much more uh, better than they were back in the day of Simon and James and John it's still fishing and that there are some days where little or nothing comes up onto the boat it's still fishing and while there are other days when they experience great abundance And the catch is beyond belief. The other thing that he said that I thought was kind of an interesting comment, he reminded us all that this miracle of this large catch of fish, it probably would not have happened had they already had a healthy catch from earlier in the day. And I I, I hadn't ever thought about it from that perspective before, that this miracle happened, and the only reason why it did happen is because they had not caught fish. If they had caught a good catch from from earlier in the day, this miracle probably would have never happened. For those of us who on occasion uh, actually do a little bit of fishing, um, and I know that there's a few people here that fish. I'm pointing over at one right now that I know uh, that, that fishes here practically every day. No names mentioned. But um, for those of us who do fish on occasion, we know more often than not that it's, not about, it's, not, it's more about fishing rather than about catching. I think most of you who have fished probably understand that. I can tell you that I have had many a day, many a day, when I have fished literally all day long, and I have been completely skunked. Really. And I can't tell you how many times I threw that line into the water. I probably threw that line into the water, you know, 400 times that day. But not once did I catch a fish? And that's happened to me more than once. As a matter of fact, on my most recent trip that I had out onto this lake, I fished for about seven hours. Now, obviously, I didn't go to the right place or I don't know what. Maybe I was fishing for the wrong fish. I caught one fish in seven hours. You know, and it's not about, it's not so much about the catching, it's about the fishing part. You know, even though Jesus does not explicitly say the words in this text, He does not explicitly say, come and follow me. 
This passage today, it is a call to discipleship when he says, Do not be afraid, for from now on you will be catching people. Today is a day for us as followers of Christ to once again be reminded of our baptismal covenant and to acknowledge the presence of Christ in our daily walk of faith. It's another day for us, and I say this more often than you probably want to continue to hear, but I think it's worth hearing over and over again. It's another day for us to look ourselves into mirror, into that mirror and say, I am a baptized child of God. I have that placard on my wall. Here's my desk. There's my wall. And on my wall in my office, if anybody ever comes into my office, you will see a placard right there that reminds me every single day, I am a baptized child of God. But it's also a day for us to do as Pastor Al would suggest, to ask after we identify ourselves, maybe, you know, Pastor Al would say that he probably takes he probably takes his shower first and experiences the baptismal you know experience and then he looks at himself in the mirror and then he reminds himself. But I do it the other way around. I, I, I look at myself in the mirror first and then I take my shower. But again, I think uh, the the question that Pastor Al reminds us of is you know today is another day and we have to ask ourselves where is Jesus leading us today. How will the kingdom of God come near to us, each of us, and to the people that we will encounter today? Again, keep in mind now, this sermon is brought to you by the Men's Fellowship. So uh, this next concept or idea that I'm going to talk to you about is something that we talked a little bit about in the Men's Fellowship. Uh, At the very end of this passage, it says that they left everything and they followed him. And I don't remember who it was, but somebody in our Men's Fellowship said, Uh, that they followed him into the unknown. They literally dropped everything and they followed Jesus into an unknown future. Isn't that true for us every day of our lives? When you got up this morning, you had pretty much a general idea that, yeah, I'm going to go to church and, you know, we're going to hear, we're going to sing some hymns and we're going to hear a sermon and we're going to... Uh, experience Holy Communion, and then I'm going to go home, and I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the day, but today is a complete unknown to us, is it not? We don't know what's going to happen to us this afternoon at 2.30, or at 4.30, or at 6 o'clock. Every day is fresh and new. And when we start each of our days off with a perspective that Jesus is with us, that Jesus is beside us, or, in reference to our text today, If we start off each day with the perspective that Jesus is in the boat with us, as we go on our way and when we go into each day with an attitude like that, an attitude that is expectant, an attitude that is anticipatory, and that asks that anticipatory question, where are you leading me today, Lord? There is something about that perspective and there's something about that attitude that makes that unknown It makes it an opportunity for us to be the presence of Christ and to be disciple-like and to be Christ-like. It's an opportunity, even though we are in going into that unknown, but we have that perspective. We go out there knowing that in some way we might bring the presence of Christ to someone. Last week, I quoted uh, compliments again of... uh, uh, the Men's Fellowship, and Pastor Al, I believe, uh, I think it was in his Bible study that he quoted this. 
He quoted a Reverend John Westerhoff, and I, I used this last week in my sermon. He says, when you come to receive the sacrament, and we're, we're going to do that again today. We're going to have the experience to uh, receive the sacrament of Holy Communion today. But Reverend John Westerhoff says is that when you come to receive the sacrament, you come to receive the sacrament in order to be the sacrament. He says you receive love and you leave to give love. There's something about starting each day with that baptismal assurance that Christ is with us and that his sacramental love, that Christ's sacramental love, which we have received from him, it is in us. It is with us. His love is something that we take with us. Every day is another day to follow Jesus, to have him on our side, to have him in our boat, to be love and to be compassion and to be humility and to be hospitality and to be grace to those people who come to be with us. I'm reminded of the passage from Hebrews 13, 1 and 2. Who are the angels unaware whom you will encounter in your unknown walk of faith this week? The Hebrew writer writes, keep on loving each other. We receive love to give love. Keep on loving each other and do not forget to entertain strangers for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. I don't know from one day to the next who is going to break the threshold of my office door, but I can tell you that it has happened a lot. It happens a lot. That people are coming into my office facing all kinds of challenges in their lives. And I would like to think that I am entertaining angels when they come into my office. And always remember, and this is something that David Moore reminds us of in our men's fellowship group, he says, always remember that it's, that it's about the little things. And I think there's something to be said about that. And someone else in our men's group said that not all of our encounters will be major aha moments. Rather, they are oftentimes casual, they are oftentimes serendipitous, and yes, most importantly, oftentimes these encounters that we have are mysterious. And so let us live into the mystery of God's presence in our lives through the people that we encounter. The other thought that has kind of kept knocking on my heart and on my mind this week is the word whisper. Uh, the guest that came uh, to be with us this past week, he's a former military, uh, career military person. As a matter of fact, his position in the military was so high that he worked in the United States um, Pentagon. And he knows secrets. And he knows things that he can never tell anyone there goes our sound system. It's working really good now. <laughs> so much for whispers, huh? There's things that he could probably tell you that he would probably have to kill you after he told you. That's how high up in the military this person was. And yet, he made this, con he made this observation this week that I thought was kind of insightful and I was, I, I was kind of 
almost blown away that this, not, 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 not that military people can't be compassionate or loving or caring or empathetic, but, you know, to hear this coming out of the voice of a career military man. His wife and he had recently been up to Vegas for a few days while they were down here. And the comment that he made, or the observation that he made this week, is he said, it's hard to pray or to listen to the whispers in Vegas. I'm not quite sure. There was something about the passage. I'm not sure what we were talking about. But something struck a chord in him to have him share that. He said, it's hard to pray or listen to the whispers in Vegas. And my sense is, is that he was talking about the whisper of God's still, small voice. And as you and I, we discern that daily call to follow Christ into the unknown. The reality for most of us is that we rarely hear that in-your-face voice or that emphatic direction, go there, go there, go to that person, go to that person. Rarely do we ever hear that kind of leading. More often than not, it's more in the form of a gentle whisper, a gentle nudge. And oftentimes it is a call that is not specific or detailed. And yet, despite the sense of unclarity, we nonetheless keep moving forward with a faithful, living trust. Or to get back to the image of fishing, we keep on throwing out our nets. We keep on casting that line. And we keep hoping that this next lure that I throw out is going to attract a fish with no guarantee that we'll be catching anything or anyone. This business of catching people and having the presence of the kingdom come near to them so that they might glimpse what the love and the grace and the mercy of Christ is like for them. This business of catching people, it is a slow and oftentimes uncertain process and path. For all of us, how often do you find yourself saying something very similar to what Simon said to Jesus? We have worked all night long and have caught nothing. And yet, if you say so, we will let down the nets again. Today is a call to follow, a call to discipleship, just like every day is. It's a call to keep on fishing for people. It's a call to follow Jesus, knowing full well that he will be with us as we venture into this unknown. I ran across a little article this week written by a young woman who had spent five years at Holden Village up near Chelan, Washington, up in the, uh, the Cascade Mountains of Washington State. If you've never been to Holden Village, I would put it on your bucket list of places to go. I highly recommend you go and be and experience the Holden experience. I spent an entire summer at Holden Village in 1983. This particular young woman had the opportunity to spend five years of her life 
with her entire family up at Holden Village. And as she was leaving Holden Village, she was thinking about and reflecting upon where it was that she and her family would venture now in their walk of faith. And these are the words that she wrote. She says, We've been called to have faith, knowing that God's hand will lead us and that God's love will support us. Amidst all of our unknowns and all of our uncertainties, we know that God will always be our foundation, holding us up and leading us on. We don't know what form that will take or where it will actually lead us, but we know that God's hand will be there to guide us and that God's love will support us as we venture with good courage into the unknown. I can't help but think that one of the things that was a part of her uh, experience up in Holden Village is the Holden Village Evening Prayer Liturgy that we oftentimes utilize here during uh, the season of Lent. And the prayer that we pray practically every single Wednesday evening during our uh, midweek Lenten services is this closing prayer. And I think it's so appropriate for us and for this passage before us today. So may this be our daily prayer. God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending by paths as yet untrodden through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and that your love is supporting us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you to join me now as we pray together the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.